0: Seriously, who's blowing up my phone? Oh yeah! Powerball! Big news, Powerball now draws three days a week. Mondays, Wednesdays and Saturdays. Play now. Please play responsibly, must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim. Seriously, who's blowing up my phone? Oh yeah! Powerball! Big news, Powerball now draws three days a week, Mondays, Wednesdays and Saturdays. Play now. Please play responsibly, must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim. Three, two, one.
1: This is Chargers
0: Unleashed Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dan Wolfenstein and
1: Jake Hesler. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jay Kapner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, being brought to you by UFC Fit and Temecula, Golden Road Brewery, Charger, Bolt Family, Tick Pick, and Bet Online. If this is your first time tuning into the show, you make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. And you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you choose to digest your weekly NFL podcast. Dan Wolkenstein has been teasing it. It is definitely going to be a busy week for Chargers Unleashed, and he teased it over the last couple of days. We do have a special guest in store for today. As we are in the thick of draft season, or as we like to call it, lying season, but more so draft season, we're three and a half weeks out from the NFL Draft. Now, none other than PFF's own Austin Gale. Dan Wolkenstein, I know that you're excited about this. Let's hear it.
0: Austin Gale might be the smartest NFL Draft analyst that I've ever met. Um, knows literally everything. Feels like the encyclopedia of all things NFL draft. And honestly, such a good dude. This is such a conversa- good conversation that we're gonna have with him. We're gonna talk about all kinds of things. We're talk about the Chargers. We talk about risers, fallers, potential trade scenarios. You name it. And some guys that we might not necessarily have heard before that Chargers fans might want to go and take some 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 passes at on the YouTube and go see if these guys could potentially be fit to the Chargers. Because if he says it. There's a good chance he's right.
1: And real quick, Dan, we have to pay the bills here uh, by talking about our newest sponsors on Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info and odds. Find all the latest developments, including this week's odds for the Masters Championship. I know we're all psyched out of our minds about that to get underway. And, Tiger. Our, of course, Major League Baseball kicks off as well tomorrow. So make sure you go to Bet Online. It is your continued source for all your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So join today. Learn why everyone is saying bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on popular sports and games. Bet online where the game starts. Use the promo code BELIEVE to get signed up. Bet online. All right. Without further ado, Austin Gale, PFF,
0: NFL draft guru. Let's talk one on one with him. Let's see how much information we can learn from him. Guys, can't wait for this discussion. We are so fortunate today. We have the director of content at Pro Football Focus the NFL draft expert himself, and as of today, the Jerry Rice of NFL draft information, according (laughs) to Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football. Mr. Austin Gale graces us with his time and presence to take a deep dive into the 2022 NFL draft class. Of course, plethora of Chargers storylines and topics. Austin, welcome to Chargers Unleashed. How are you, my friend?
2: Doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys.
0: Of course, of course. Now, we're excited. We are full tilt in NFL draft season. NFL topics galore circulating. You're talking about people who's falling, who's rising, who should be the taken at 17 for the Chargers, who are some of the top you know, prospects, whether it's different positions like guard, tackle, wide receiver, uh, safety, you name it. We're going to get into all kinds of stuff as well as possible trade scenarios for the Chargers. But um, first, I guess, top head to kind of kick us off. Chargers offensive line. Let's look at draft prospects. Chargers offensive line improved drastically year over year. They went from being one of the worst to one of the best. They signed Rashawn Slater. They got Matt Filer, got Corey Lindsley, but they could still use some help on the right side. Uh, Picking at 17, depending on what they do with Matt Filer, kicking about to guard or tackle currently, whether it's at 17 or maybe a few day two tackles or guards, like who could you see the Chargers taking a long look at to kind of fit into this, into this Justin Herbert kind of Joe Lombardi system at right guard or right tackle.
2: Yeah, I do think that at 17, they're going to be looking for a high-profile offensive tackle or a high-profile wide receiver. I do think that that's where their needs make the most sense, right? And that right tackle specifically, Charles Cross of Mississippi State, who is PFF's offensive tackle one right now, a top five player on our board. From what I've heard around the league, the league is lower on Charles Cross than maybe the media is. He could be a guy that slips outside the top 15, hell, even outside the top 20. Highest graded pass protector this past year, has over 500 pass-protecting snaps in Mike Leach's offense at Mississippi State this past season. That matters. Right. He's also a very young player. He's a smooth athlete. I do think that Charles Cross at right tackle opposite Ray Sean Slater, you're putting yourself in a really good position to have, you know, two bookends that protect, you know, uh, uh, Justin Herbert up front and in terms of guard I don't think there's a guard I'm taking at 17 say they do trade back and maybe look at Zion Johnson the Boston College offensive lineman as a first round player I think that could be an option as well but day two I think a lot of opportunities open up to go bring in some guards right I think Dylan Parham of Memphis is someone I really like Darian Kennard the Kentucky offensive tackle who played tackle in the SEC but probably plays guard in the NFL that's another high floor player Max um, Max Mitchell who, who played offensive tackle at Louisiana maybe better projects as a guard that's another player I think you could take on day two and slot him in that spot got it
0: now you you mentioned charles cross there and i heard i I heard the episode you had with uh, nfl stock exchange trevor sick about connor rogers and you had mentioned that there were some folks who were talking crazy talk on the inner circles about charles cross not being taken in the first round what explain the bananas (laughs) of that information like what are the in that mindset what are they seeing why is he falling from what presumably was top five top 10 to maybe not top 32
2: yeah I I'm stunned by that I think a lot of that too could be smoke right it could be teams looking to get a really good offensive tackle prospect to fall like teams purposefully not talking about him highly and when you look at you know the person that had uh Charles Cross falling outside the first round it was Char- uh, Bruce Feldman of The Athletic who in his mock draft really looks to position what coaches are saying who they're talking about specifically and I wouldn't be surprised if evaluators and coaches weren't talking a lot about Mississippi State's Charles Cross if they're looking to bring him down and make him available in that 15 to 20 15 to 25 range so I do think he goes in the first round i'd be stunned if he's still available after pick 20 pick 21 right he's that right. good of an uh, of a prospect at a premium position i think there's only real you know three offensive tackles where i'm really excited about taking him inside the first 20 picks and that's evan neal of alabama Ike of nc state and then obviously charles cross of mississippi state I'll, I'll tell you right now If the chart, if
0: he's there at 17 and let's just say Jameson Williams or whoever is pipe dream is not there, there is no way he makes it past 17. There's just no way. (laughs) Um, Okay. You mentioned lying season. You're hearing all kinds of smoke, all kinds of crazy takes. Everyone talks about like, there's no way X player or Y player is going to fall at that position. But like every year you see it happen. Like you see it with Rashawn Slater, Uusakor Mora just last year fell much further than we expected, but somehow like something always happens. You mentioned Charles Cross. Like, talk to us about some of the players that maybe are possible fallers, maybe who are rising a ton, who you actually think could fall or rise a ton, than what we've seen, like, in a lot of the kind of mock drafts or in the public and media.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there is a chance that we see, um, you know, Devonte Wyatt fall a bit further than we thought, right? Devontae Wyatt, maybe this top sixteen type of player. I think there's more opportunity for him to be a twenty to thirty two range, which you know doesn't necessarily fill a need for the Los Angeles Chargers anymore. Now, after grabbing Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day in free agency, but he's a guy that I thought originally would be this top sixteen, top twenty player. But I'm hearing more and more now that he's falling a bit. Tyler Linderbaum, the center out of Iowa, is another guy that I think is no longer even being rumored as a top 15, top 20 pick. I think it's more likely that he falls in the 20 to 32 range. I do think he ultimately comes off the board in the first round, but maybe there is a chance he falls outside the first round, too, just purely from a positional value perspective, and some teams maybe souring on him due to you know um, lack of arm length, right? which is obviously super important at the offensive line position. You know, David Ajabo is falling, but I think everyone's buying into that, obviously, with the torn Achilles there at his pro day. That's a, a, a huge concern for him, and, and, and prayers go out to him. It's such a sad situation to yes. see David Ajabo go down, and Bernard Ryman is a Another one that I think is falling. He's a top 15 player on PFF's draft board, the Austrian born off the of tackle for Central Michigan. But not a, not a lot of the league is as high on him as PFF is. He's a guy that does need to get a lot better in the NFL. Talking to Paul Alexander, the former NFL offensive line coach, who's now working with uh, Bernard Ryman, he says there's no player in this class that takes better coach, you know, takes to coaching better. Does he need to get it better? Absolutely. But he's a guy that can do it. So I'm betting on him as a top 20, top 25 player, but maybe the league isn't.
0: Now, okay. Last question on that. You mentioned your defensive line. Jordan
2: Jordan Davis
0: is another guy. Everyone, it feels like, is clamoring for him to go to the charge at seventeen. Now, it feels like there's no way he falls to seventeen. Could he fall to seventeen? Realistically, like, do you see that happening?
2: I, I, I doubt it. I really do. I don't think he gets past you know the eagles even in this in this draft i think that's, that that would be a tough spot to see i think there's a really good chance he goes inside the top 10 now i think atlanta could take him at 8 I, I, that, that's how high. i think washington could take him at 11 houston at 13 right i think houston at 13 makes too much sense it's a it's a mm-hmm. it's a team that only needs really good football players right now it doesn't have obvious needs at any position right they need to go bring in anyone they can so i think jordan davis could go at 13 14 then you get into the 15 16 range i would be really really surprised if the chargers have a chance at jordan davis at 17
1: now, Austin, free agent frenzy this year definitely did not disappoint, especially not for the AFC West looking into this, this season. AFC West is arguably going to be the most competitive division in the entirety of the NFL. You have all the moves that the Chargers have done the first two days. Obviously, the Denver Broncos acquiring Russell Wilson in a trade. The Raiders getting Devontae Adams. And, of course, the Chiefs still building after life. Tyreek Tyree and bringing in Marquez Valdez-Scanling and Juju Smith-Schuster, all just trying to compete with one another. Now, we had your colleague Trevor Sycamore in here, about a month ago, just before free agency kicked off. And It was a very different landscape as far as the priorities goes. And obviously with the Chargers giving away some of their draft capital to go and get Khalil Mack, do you think, and I've always been a big proponent of this and Dan knows this very well, that <laughs> I'm high on based on where I've heard – people like you guys talk about, and obviously uh, a lot of other people talk about how they predict the board is going to fall. Ultimately, you had just mentioned a little bit there with Jordan Davis, but by the time 17 rolls around, in order to stay competitive, especially when you see teams in your own division, like the Kansas City Chiefs have three picks in the top three rounds, would trading back from 17 and getting one of these wide receiver needy teams like a New England, a Dallas, a Green Bay to jump up, get some extra draft capital, possibly recoup that second round pick Would that possibly be the best course of action?
2: I think so. I think trading down, especially with the team in the first round is something I always advocate for, especially if you don't have an obvious need. Now, if I think Jamison Williams is there, Jordan Davis is there, Charles Cross is there, then you probably stay put and you take one of those players. Now, if they're in a position where they don't love it and they're forcing a different need, they can trade back and look for teams, like you said, these teams that want a receiver or need a receiver that want to come up, I think that makes a ton of sense as well. I think them trading back, adding picks, potentially adding you know, and moving their picks more into the 2030 range and then picking up an additional third round or whatever it is, I do think that That, no, it's really important, too, because they need to get cheaper, right? They need to get consistently cheaper with their roster. Justin Herbert's going to get paid here in the next two or three (laughs) years. Khalil Mack, obviously, now on the contract. JC Jackson getting the monster deal. Mike Williams getting the new contract. You can't afford necessarily, literally can't afford to continue to keep paying players at a high rate if you're not hitting on some of these players and also hitting on rookie contracts. It's so important to, you know, um, to add rookie contracts to your slate and high-performing rookie contracts so that way you're able to balance the books pretty effectively.
1: Now you had mentioned it uh, a little bit with the offensive linemen. It seems like offensive linemen and wide receiver are going to be the coveted positions here in the first uh, first round, as far as teams possibly moving down, moving up, whatever it is, but to get some of these guys, and especially with the wide receiver class this year, very different from past drafts. And we obviously know that the Chargers uh, re-signed Mike Williams. They brought in Gerald Everett, trying to add a you know keep and add a few more weapons around uh, Justin Herbert, but they still are lacking that speed element that they Mm -hmm. need in the offense and already having Keenan Allen obviously could use a little bit more yak, use a little bit more speed. And at 17, the chargers fan base, Chargers Twitter in general has just been all over the place as it relates to their guy that they want at the wide receiver position. And obviously with Jamison Williams looking like he's going to be healthy, Chris Alave, possibly Traylon Burks, all three bring a different style to the NFL and a huge demand, obviously, for wide receiver this year. So talk about the difference between these guys and where do you see them most likely as far as their ceiling or their floor, possibly some teams that they don't fall past.
2: Yeah, I think Jamison Williams is their best fit, right? You talk about building your receiving core like a basketball team. You want all these different skill sets, complementary skill sets. Mike Williams, the big body, contested catch receiver that can you know completely play on the outside. Then you have obviously Keenan Allen, who's this you know slot type that doesn't have the speed anymore, but is a sure-handed receiver. And then you bring in Jamison Williams to just light a match with this receiving core and, and help them you know push the ball deep. I like that fit. I also really like Chris Olave. To the Los Angeles Chargers at 17. He's not the yak player they probably want him to be, to be this complimentary skill set, but it's a guy that consistently creates separation. And you want to add a third piece. If there's anything we've learned over the past, you know. Two to three years that Super Bowl competitive teams need. It's not you know completeness in the receiving core. It's eliteness. You need multiple really high end receivers, right? You look at the Cincinnati Bengals: Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. You look at the Los Angeles Rams with Cooper Cup and then Robert Woods healthy. They still went out and got Odell Beckham Jr. Obviously, Robert Woods got hurt after that, but like they knew continuing to add elite, high end talents, high end pass catching talent is what's going to make them Super Bowl competitive. The Chiefs have been that, obviously, with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. What people don't bring up enough about that. Chiefs run is they also had Sammy Watkins, who was a really big part of that offense. And the Super Bowl after that, Byron Pringle was their starting outside receiver, right? Whereas a little bit different, you don't have that multiple pass catching weapon. So I think they could lock into multiple receivers here. Jameson Williams, I think, would be a great one. Garrett Wilson, if he falls that far, Olave, if he falls that far, and then you're starting to get into the Traylon Burks conversation as so well. I think 17 might be a bit rich. There might be other players available if you're looking at Traylon Burks as the one you want to bring in at 17, players at other positions. But I don't think you can go wrong with any of those guys, Olave, Wilson, or Williams. you here giving me salivating here about wide receivers being taken. But
0: I think the Chargers, if there's one other thing, one other position that the Chargers fan base I think are looking after, as like, oh, this could possibly be like the the fifth infinity stone, so to speak, is going after a corner. You know, they got JC Jackson. He's obviously one of the, one of if not the best corner on the market. They drafted Santi Samuel Jr. last year. They got Mike Davis. Also Derwin James is back there in secondary. Like today, even we saw Coach Staley talking to Derek, excuse me, talking to Derek Staley at LG's mm-hmm. Pro Day how do you see this cornerback group shaking out and how do you see like the crop being available at 17 or charge would have a second round pick so at this point so what if it's round three like maybe top 17 guys and then maybe like a day two day three couple gems that you think might be someone that folks aren't necessarily knowing about but hey we heard it here first Austin Gales giving us a scoop
2: Derek Stingley Jr. falls to 17. I think it's a sprint the card in situation. That would be absurd. And I think that's another player where you could be theoretically buying the dip on, and that, you know, people don't think he's an alpha. He's not like a chirpy corner. You know, people question if he's going to play through injury and all this stuff. And you haven't seen like elite high end production since his true freshman season. I'm buying all of that. If he falls to 17, I think that's a home run selection for the Los Angeles Chargers. And they're getting one of the best players in the draft at 17. Now, if Stingley. McDuffie, Gardner are all off the board at 17. I don't think you would look at this cornerback class at that pick. Maybe they trade back and add some others. I like Andrew Book Jr. and Kyrie Elam as other first round talent type of corners. But and then you go into day two, there's some slot guys that you could buy into, but they have their slot guy. There's not really a lot of outside cornerback talent that you're starting from day one on day two, day three. You could buy into some prospects that have good, you know, have good athleticism. You got Uh, obviously Tariq Woolen of UTSA, you have the uh, Sam Houston State corners, Zion McCullum, but those guys aren't starters, right? I think they're looking for starters, and that's why I look at linebacker as an opportunity on day two and day three for the Los Angeles Chargers. This linebacker class is so good. There's so many talented players that are going to be available on day two that could come in and start, right? Same with interior defensive line. Travis Jones is not being talked about enough. UConn defensive tackle that I think because Jordan Davis is this insane player, this insane athleticism, no one's talking about Travis Jones, a guy that you can take in the second round that I think can be a Immediately a, a, a run stuffing DT nose tackle type. So you could obviously you can kinda like go back, trade back, maybe get a second
0: round pick, get Travis Jones, you can get a receiver, maybe late first round, or get corner, whoever it is. Jake's been clamoring about Travis Jones ever since what I think is ever since senior bowl. It was it was ridiculous. Um Jake, how, on a scale of one to ten, how excited would you be? What would we see if Jake Hefter was watching and pick seventeen comes, trade back out of the first round twenty five.
1: Naked cartwheels, most likely, outside. <laughs> outside, of course, because nobody needs to see that horrible image. But, no, it's a good transition because I like the fact that we're talking about not only Travis Jones, but I wanted to get back to the interior of the defensive line as obviously that was the biggest priority for the Chargers coming in. And they were very aggressive in their pursuit of Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph today, and bringing them in to fortify get younger at the interior of the defensive line. And as Dan pointed out, the Chargers do not have a second-round pick as it stands right now. So if you – Based off of what you were saying, Austin, and how you see the ball, the board falling with Jordan Davis not being there, not 100% sure if Devontae Wyatt would be worth that 17 selection. And obviously in the situation that they may trade back and possibly take a uh, Travis Jones, who are some day two defensive tackles that outside of Travis Jones that you had mentioned that Mm -hmm. maybe aren't getting enough notoriety if the Chargers want to continue to fortify the interior of the defensive line?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, Travis Jones is definitely one of my guys that I like there. I think after that, you look at Neil Farrell, who's the LSU defensive tackle, another big boy that I think can two-gap at the next level. Maybe he isn't a pass rusher. Perion Winfrey and Logan Hall, I I, I like a lot as day-two players. I don't know if I necessarily see them as, like, high-ceiling type of players. Logan Hall, you know, he has the size, his athleticism, and you never really saw it all put together at Houston. And even at the senior bowl, he didn't pop off the tape as much as you wanted to. Some other, you know, players at Otito Og- Ogbenaya of Houston CLA, I think is a, is a fiery player that playing on the interior defensive line in the NFL, he could have some success, but I don't really love the depth of this interior defensive line class. I think it's, you know, Devonte Wyatt, Jordan Davis, Travis Jones, and then you start to get into situations where you're either betting on a guy being a lot better in the NFL, or you're betting on someone that's really just a two down run stuffer that doesn't have the ceiling, say of a Travis Jones or a Jordan Davis.
0: Now, um. I have a question we ask everyone, but before that, Jake, I believe we wanted to talk about running backs. I know that there's been all kinds of talk about like where to take running backs. Jake, what do we do with this position?
1: <laughs> Austin, I mean, with, with what they have now in Austin Eckler and still trying to find a secondary option behind him, obviously it hasn't been working out the way that they would hoped with, uh, with Joshua Kelly, with Larry Roundtree. I don't see the Chargers pursuing this until day three at best, but there are, this is a unique running back class that on day three of the draft, you can pick up a lot of highly, highly contributing players. Um, can you give us some insight as far as who are some of your favorites come day three?
2: Yeah, I think you have to look at size, right? I think that's what they probably want with Austin Eckler, and he's the pass catcher. He's just do it all back. Don't call for a second Austin Eckler anything more than a three-down player. Like, I think he can do anything. He's one of the most chiseled running backs, if not players, in the NFL. I've, I've always been high on Austin Eckler. I was you know, one of the few people that wrote Austin Eckler would be better than Melvin Gordon, when we were having those conversations like two or three years ago when he was still a backup. I was, I mean, I've always been a big fan of his. I think what you're looking for is really someone that can complement his skill set, and I have this kind of thumper tier of backs that will probably be available from like round three to round six that – People can buy into Damian Pierce, who's a bowling ball of butcher knives coming out of Florida who just – thumps through the hole. is you know, There's a play where he runs through the hole with his helmet off and still keeps trying to break tackles. like That's the type of player that I think they want to complement that offense. Other guys like that that can hit the hole with square shoulders and, and really run over people. Hassan Haskins of Michigan, Tyler Algier, I comp closely to um, Jordan Howard, who can be a short yardage back for you if you want him to. Kyron Williams of Notre Dame didn't test well, should be available at a discount in the sixth or seventh round, but can offer as a pass catcher and also as a bit of a thumper as well. If you're looking at, Speed, right? If you want to bring in some, some athletic or burstiness or explosiveness, you you got Zaquandre Wright of South Carolina, Rashad White, Arizona State, James Cook of Georgia. That's where you're adding fire to fire with Austin Eckler already as this pass catching back and you bring some other guys that have that speed as well. I don't think you can go wrong. My thing is, is that this running back class, I think, is going to be very similar to future running back classes. I don't think we're going to be talking about a lot of like true first rounders, but more so what do you need? You know, there's only six running backs in the NFL that start over 60% of the snaps. You know, there's not a lot of starters, right? Everyone else is a is a committee type of player or injuries, or whatever it may be. You're looking to bring in compliments to your current backfield, not necessarily starters or guys that can start.
0: Now, uh, before we get to our, our moonshot predictions and, and requests here, we're, we're closing out with Austin Gale, PFF, NFL draft guru. Uh, I'm going to give you three wide receivers. You're going to tell me which one, which one of these guys are probably going to be day two, Possibly day one, but most likely day two. Sky Moore, Calvin Austin, and the guy at North Dakota State University. Which one of those three would you say fits the Chargers the most?
2: I like Sky Moore. Uh, Sky Moore is a separator, great yak player. He's my highest ranked player of those three that you mentioned. It, it makes too much sense. And and Calvin Austin, I think, is a phenomenal athlete, but five foot seven, one seventy. He did play 90% of his reps on the outside. I don't see him having that same usage in the NFL. I see him more as like a Rondale Moore from a usage standpoint. And then for Christian Watson, I just don't think that's what the Chargers need. I mean, Christian Watson, in my opinion, doesn't have great ball skills. Yeah, he has speed. Yeah, he has size. But I don't think he's like this polished receiver that they can really take advantage of. I'd honestly rather them develop uh, Josh Palmer at Tennessee before they really start to invest resources in developing another receiver that I think needs a lot of work at the next level in Christian Watson. They need a guy to come in while they continue to develop Josh Palmer, someone that can come in and win right now. That's Sky Moore. I think Calvin Austin's that player if you use him in a gadget role as well. Got it. All right.
0: Time for home run picks. Put you on the spot here. Palm sweaty. Home run picks. Okay. We're going to go day one, day two, day three. We're going to pick one for each. Who would be the Chargers, all things considered, all positions? If you are on the clock, if you're Tom Telesco, let's say you stay at 17, who is your home run pick for the Chargers day one, day two, and then pick one of day three?
2: Home run pick for the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't want to say a guy that probably won't be there, right? I think Derek Stingley is off the board. Jordan Davis is off the board. And Jamison Williams is off the board. I think the home run pick there is Charles Cross. I think Charles Cross, Mississippi State, if he's available at 17, which we've consistently seen happening, him mocking that, 20 to 32 range, even outside the first round. That is the home run pick for the Los Angeles Chargers. They get him to pair up with Rashawn Slater. I think that's fantastic. Day two, that's that's where you're looking more at some of these defensive tackles, right? I think a home run pick if they can get their hands on Travis Jones sometime on day two. I think that's a huge win off ball linebacker as well. You get Chad Mumo of Wyoming in this defense on day two. That is a slam dunk for this team. And then on day three, let's go get that gadgety player. I think you go get Bo Melton of Rutgers, a guy that can work from the slot, yes. four three speed guys from jersey former four-star recruit that he had offers to michigan he had offers to these bigger power five schools but he wanted to stay in jersey that's why he committed to Rutgers, and he had a lot of success for them i think he needs to add some polish here and there but immediately can start in the slot immediately make an impact as an athlete i like him a lot as well
0: also Gale bringing in the fire okay now my big four that i would hope to have at 17 one of these guys would be like my dream scenario between jordan davis jameson williams i'll just say three and Derek Stingley, if one of those three guys are there, somehow miraculously, somebody which made one mistake. of those, someone <laughs> clearly made a mistake. Which one of those three would you take?
2: Man, I probably take, I probably take Jordan Davis. If I'm being honest, I think I do take Woo! Jordan Davis there. I, I, it's just, it's too rare. It, it's too rare of a size athleticism combination to kind of let pass. I, I think Stingley, maybe I, I consider him too, but. I don't know. I I think Jordan Davis falling that far. I think teams, I think they should jump on it immediately impacts that defense. And you have Sebastian Joseph day, Austin Johnson, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Jordan Davis. That front four is just going to be absolutely dominant with a legitimate rotation on the back end as well. And then the secondary, you know, with JC Jackson, Asante Samuel, Jr. The Adderley, Derwin James. I mean, this is a really good defense that I don't even know if Brand Staley could lose with.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now just overall, before we close out, what is your take or what, what, have you, what are you hearing about? Like, what, who are the Los Angeles Chargers? Like, mm-hmm. who should we expect them? Like, what's the floor ceiling? Everyone talks about on paper. We hate that phrase. Last year was kind of a build year, but also, like, there's some disappointment. Like, who are they, in your opinion?
2: Los Angeles Chargers are a young team, very young team with a young quarterback and a young coach that know on paper that they're very good. <laughs> And I think Jack Del Rio, when he was coaching the Oakland Raiders a long time ago, said in, in a young competitor, competitive teams like build their first the first few seasons, you're learning how to compete and learning how to get to close games in this next tier of jumping up it's winning close games and i think the chargers now are in that tier where you need to win close games and that comes with experience only the only thing that comes with experience everyone brings up playoff experience and nba finals experience and that the reason you bring that stuff up is because that's that's who wins close games close games are won with experience and guys that have been there before the chargers now going through this and entering their third year with Justin Herbert and Staley, obviously entering his second year of the coach there. I, I think now they're going to start to pick up that experience. And they added some of that experience too, right? JC Jackson, Khalil Mack, Sebastian Joseph day. They're adding veteran experience that knows how to win those close games. So I do think that they are again, going to be in a lot of close games next year. And I would bet on them winning a lot more of them than they did last year. Austin Gale,
0: PFF guru, bringing fire all day. As the kids say, Austin, no cap, you may be the hardest working NFL draft analyst out there right now, and it shows in your wealth of knowledge. You're like an encyclopedia. Just came off Good Morning Football. You're probably on your third cup of coffee today. Just did an episode with Tre- Trevor Sycamore and Conor Rogers for NFL Stock Exchange. You're everywhere grinding the tape. All of us appreciate it. Austin Gale, you can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Austin Gale. Austin, thank you so much for hopping on. Anything you want to tell the great people before we log off?
2: Make sure to check out PFF.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PFF underscore Austin Gale. And you can check out my podcast, Tailgate with Mike Renner. We, we record three or four episodes a week.
1: Beautiful.
0: Austin, awesome. thank you so much. Man. It's been a pleasure. Congrats to you on all your success. Can't wait to see more of it. We'll talk soon. All right, buddy?
1: Absolutely. Austin. Thank you. Seriously, who's blowing
0: up my phone? Oh, yeah. Powerball. Big news. Powerball now draws three days a week. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim. Seriously, who's blowing up my phone? Oh, yeah. Powerball. Big news. Powerball now draws three days a week. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim.